Welcome, and thanks for tuning in to the Restoration Foursquare Church audio podcast. We pray that today's message encourages your heart. Enjoy, and God bless. Sir, yes, we're getting is. ready. Yes, yes. If you will, turn to Genesis chapter 41, and, and we're going to read in just a moment from that particular uh, chapter, beginning in verse 37. But as you can see, for those of you who've, who've been here and was with us, say, back in, in November, uh, you can see that we're going to take a step back in time, so to speak, to revisit our black and white series today. And we're going to speak to you a message entitled, Zafnat Panya, or the Southern Translation, Zafnat Panea. And if you want a subtitle for our message today, it would be America's Political Climate. America's Political Climate. So who was Zafnat Panaya? And why is his story important today? Let's pray, and we're going to get right into the Word. Father, I thank you for this day. Thank you for this time. Spirit of the living God, come and be joined with us in a most powerful way right now. I thank you that you're already here. You manifested your presence, God. I believe you revealed your heart, and I believe this people revealed their heart to you as they lifted their hands to praise and worship you this morning. Lord, right now, as we set aside the next few moments to look into your word, let your word be alive today. I pray that each heart has been prepared to hear and receive the word of the living God. Lord, as always, I pray that man nor woman is heard today or is seen today, but at the heart of God, the anointing of God, the power of God, is released in this house this very moment. Holy Spirit, have your way right now. We pray for those that are in this room. We pray for those that are viewing via internet. We pray for those who will hear or watch this message in days and weeks and months to come. That it be a message, God, that imparts to us your heart. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, my brother. Zaphonet Panea. Who is this, this man? Well, I believe there are things that we can learn from this well-known Bible figure. He's not someone that you're unfamiliar with at all. And I believe that if we learn these lessons and we, if we apply these lessons that we, we learned from, from the life of this man, those lessons learned will help us live as Christ ambassadors. Everyone say that with me. Christ ambassadors in, in, in the highly charged, extremely volatile political climate that exists in America today. 
If you remember, the first message in this black and white series was the elephant in the church. Then we talked about a mixed bag. Third message was the world is coming to us. The fourth was on generations. And the fifth message, we talked about the church that Jesus is building. And in those first four messages, we looked at the at differences that are in the church and why it's important for us, please hear me, to love and accept each other Although our outer shells may be different and our, our life experiences that have shaped us may be different, we're still called by the Lord Jesus Christ to accept and love and live in a state of unity and oneness with one another. And I submit to you right now in this very moment, that the current political climate in America undermines unity, not only in America, but also in the church. Now, we can't help what happens in the world, but oh my God, if we cannot help what happens in the church, something's wrong with us. Something's wrong with the church. So this is not a message for the world, Pastor Angela. This is a message for the church. This is a message for you. After we looked at things that divide, things that are in the church that can be divisive and separative, we closed out the, that portion of our teaching on black and white, I think it was back in December, with a message entitled, again, The Church That Jesus Is Building. And if you remember, those four things that we talked about in that message. The church that Jesus is building is built first on revelation from God. Some of us act like we get our revelation from whatever political party or whatever political affiliation that we align ourselves with. It may get a little bit heavy here today. The second thing was the church that Jesus is building is built on a sure foundation. Please hear me. Any political party is a man-made entity and its foundation can be and will be shaky at times. Make sure you're building your life on a sure foundation. Number three. We said the church that Jesus is building is built on God's delegated authority. We're going to get into that in just a moment. Whereas we need to make sure that we watch our political climate and our political aspirations and keep them under control, we also must understand that according to the Bible, God delegates authority. And the last thing we talked about was the church that Jesus is building is built on serving one another. Amen. But it's hard to serve each other when we're walking in disunity. Today, we, as we look at the political climate of America and how that political, that political climate is, everyone say is, whether you want to admit it or not, how that political climate is affecting the church. It's affecting the church. 
because it's affecting people in the church, it's people. I want you to consider these questions. First question is this. Are you allowing politics to control your attitude and your actions? Second question. Do your political views cause division in the church? Third question. Have you made politics a religion in your life? Huh? Do I need to say that again? Have you made politics a religion in your life? And the fourth question, and perhaps the most important question, is your political posture, whatever it may be, pleasing to the Lord? That is a wonderful question. Is your political posture, your political positioning, your political stance, your political conviction that at times get out of control, is that pleasing to the Lord? Pastor Angela, I believe how we answer those questions is very important. Whether in this room, watching on the internet, whether it's going to be viewed or listened to later, how this question is heard will determine your course of action. How this message is heard will determine your course of action. Jesus said, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. Who are we listening to? Are we listening to the Spirit of God? Are we listening to politicians who may be pushing our buttons? It is important that each one of us find our place in this message. In other words, do not listen to what I'm going to say or what we're going to say and think to yourself, boy, old so-and-so really needs to hear this. <laughs> Especially if old so-and-so has a different political perspective than you. This message is not for old so-and-so. This message is for you. Do you still love us? <laughs> A little baby was born. Oh, he had wild curly hair and olive lovely skin and little chubby cheeks and... I believe he was beautiful. He was the 11th son of Jacob. He was born to his favorite wife. Her name was Rachel. Rachel had been barren for seven years. And then all of a sudden, here comes the little one, Joseph. And you see, they doted on him. As I was studying last night, I realized that he was 91 years old when Joseph was born. Talk about a promise. You see, the story of Joseph is the largest story in the book of Genesis. I believe God's trying to tell us something. It's the longest. His siblings became very jealous because of the doting and the favoritism from his parents. And so the brothers, if you remember the story, you can go back and 
and catch all the details later, but I'm just going to give it to you in a nutshell. Because of the favoritism, they basically threw him in a pit, and then one of the brothers kind of felt bad about it, and they sold him into slavery. Do you remember the story? Now, there were two types of slaves. One The first slave is a war captive. Now that sort of slave, they did hard labor. Well, the second type of slave was the one that was purchased with money. And that is who Joseph was. Look at your neighbor and say, favor ain't fair. fair. I'm just saying. You know, it's possible to be a slave yet still be free. It's possible to be a slave yet still be free. How can that be? Because Joseph was stripped of his coat and his favoritism by man, but it never shifted who he was with God. Amen? Never shifted who he was with God and his positioning with God because Joseph was favored. How we respond to the shackle experience has much to do with our level of favoritism and discipleship. Oh, does somebody need to hear that again? Our shackle experience has much to do with our level of discipleship. It didn't take Potiphar long to realize that when Joseph was in the field, it prospered. When he was in the home, it prospered. When he was in the lot with the livestock, it prospered. And where he wasn't, well, it didn't prosper. Favor ain't fair. He was a slave. God blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. You might not like where you're working, but let me tell you something. God might be trying to do a thing through you to the very people that you're working for. Amen? Amen? So God blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. Did I mention that Joseph was a Jew and that Pharaoh was an Egyptian and he was considered, the Jews were considered an abomination. They didn't eat together. Yet he had favor with Potiphar, the Egyptian. Yes. Didn't take him long to realize that favor. Yet we're told from the scriptures that Potiphar gave him everything he had. He trusted everything he had with a Jew except his wife. That's a whole other story. She had a big appetite. We're not going there. But he trusted everything. You'll get that later. He trusted everything into his hands. Amen. So I asked this morning, are we known as that trustworthy employee in the workplace? Would your boss trust you with his or her personal checkbook? Can our lives, how we live, what we say, what we do, and what we post on Facebook be trusted with people, all people? All people? I've been wrecked by something Pastor Robbie said last week. He said, I want to be trusted with the unsaved. Oh, I want to be trusted with the unsaved. Amen? Well, evidently, Joseph could be. Please listen to the account from Genesis 41. We're going to begin in verse 37. This proposal pleased Pharaoh and all his servants. And Pharaoh said to his servants, Can we find a man like this in whom is the Spirit of God? He was talking about the prophetic gift that Joseph was walking in because he interpreted dreams. Do you remember that? God, favor. God will place you in a place that doesn't make any sense sometimes so that the gift can come through you. Amen? It says, since God has shown you all of this, there is none so discerning and wise as you are. 
You shall be over my house and all my people, watch this, Mm. shall order themselves as you command. He is a Jew. Hold the favor on him. Jesus, Mm. you shall be over my house and all my people shall order themselves as you command. Only as regards the throne will I be greater than you. Only his position am I greater than you. Mm. That's what he said. Pharaoh said to Joseph, see, I have set you over all the land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh took his signet ring from his hand and he put it on Joseph's hand and he clothed him in garments of fine linen and put a gold chain around his neck and he made him ride in his second chariot. As they called out before him, bow the knee. Bow the knee. Thus he set him over all the land of Egypt. Moreover, Pharaoh said to Joseph, I am Pharaoh and without your consent, no one shall lift up a hand or a foot in all the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh called Joseph's name Zephaniah Paniah. Zephaniah Paniah. And he gave him in marriage Asenath, the daughter of Potipharah, priest of On. So Joseph went out over the land of Egypt. Now that name, Zephanapaniah, means savior of the land. How on earth can this Jew be savior of the land? His kind is hated among the Egyptians. Oh, the tension must have been great, but God's favor was on Joseph. God was about to do a thing in the very man that they considered an abomination. Zaphonat Paneah. I'm going to give you point number one this morning. You can put that up on the, on the wall behind me. Point number one. Political, political convictions yes. are God's agenda. Which is greater? Jesus. You must answer that question. What am I talking about? I'm referring to our personal political convictions that do not line up with God's plan and purpose. Which is greater in your life? God's plan for you and the church or your personal political views and convictions? If you allow, please hear me. If you allow your personal convictions to cause division in the church or if you offend a brother or sister in Christ with your political views you've given your convictions a greater place in your life and in the life of the church than God's agenda now that was a mouthful so I want to say it again if you allow your personal convictions to cause division in the church or if you allow what you hold so strong to to offend a brother or a sister because of your political views, you've given your convictions a greater place in your life as well as in the life of the church than God's agenda. Do not allow your political agenda to outrank God's agenda. Christians who allowed their political views to cause division in the church have made their agenda, please hear me, of more significance than God. Right. 
Pastor Robin Morris, Gateway Church, said this. The most important lesson we should learn is that the church must stand against the way politics has become a religion and religion has become politics. The most important lesson we've got to learn. You've got to understand this because we've allowed this to happen. The church has allowed politics to become a religion. They made a religion out of politics. Zaphonat Panea means savior of the land. It also means revealer of secrets. It means God speaks and he lives. The Egyptian name given to Joseph by Pharaoh, that name honored God, not Joseph. It was a testament of God's presence in the life of Zaphonat Panea. And when the Egyptians heard that name, Listen to me, this is an Egyptian name given to Joseph. When the Egyptians heard that name, they knew what it meant. That God's the savior of the land. But he's revealed of secrets. That God speaks and he lives. And though Joseph lived in the land of Egypt first as a slave and then as a prisoner, he was not swayed by the political landscape of Egypt. But he stayed true to God and true to God's agenda. We must learn to live as Joseph lived in Egypt so that our political convictions do not hinder what God is doing around us or what God may want to do through us. How many people, I'm going to ask you another question. How many people have you cut off that you you will have no chance to speak into their lives Because you've taken a strong political stance on something. How many people? How many people when they see you post them on Facebook, they automatically go on? Or when they come around the corner and hear you talking politics, they automatically turn a deaf ear. What's more important? God using you? To advance his kingdom? Are you upholding your political views? (laughs) We must learn to live as Joseph lived. How many of you have heard the terms partisan and bipartisan? How many of you have heard that? Most of us have. Let's talk about what those words mean. Partisan describes someone who who is an inherent or a supporter of a person, a group, party, or a cause. Especially, everyone say especially. Especially, especially someone who shows a biased, emotional allegiance. Partisan means you're prejudiced towards a political point of view. Bipartisan means of or involving the agreement or cooperation of political parties that usually opposes each other's policies. Something that is bipartisan has the support of opposing political parties that normally don't agree on much. So listen, we should not be surprised there is no bipartisanship in Washington, D.C. 
Because in too many cases, there's none in the church either. When it comes to politics, we fight over that stuff. If we as Christians do not know how to get along in a bipartisan fashion, can we really expect the world to do so? There are at least 12 different political parties in America, and those 12 political parties are made up of at least, combined, all combined, 32 special interest or activist groups. There's so much fighting, partisanship, and lack of cooperation going on in our nation's capital because each one of those 32 special interest groups has someone in D.C. representing what they want. Whose agenda? Your agenda or God's agenda? I believe we best represent God's kingdom by, by taking or having a nonpartisan position. That means we're not biased or partisan towards any political party. Perhaps then we can keep the divisive political climate that's plaguing America out of the church that Jesus is building. So do not let your personal convictions cause you to live in such a way that what you think and what you feel gets in the way of God's agenda. Listen to what Jesus prayed in John 17, 21. Jesus prayed for us, the church, that we would be one. And why did he pray that we be one? Read that last sentence. Read it out loud. Read it again. <laughs> Do I really need to explain that? If the world looks at the church and all they see is us fussing and fighting among each other, they're not going to believe that Jesus was sent by God to save the world. That's what Jesus said, not Pastor Huey. If we are not one, if we do not learn how to live as one, if we do not learn how to exist as one, we're not going to reach the world. We're not going to convince the world that Jesus was God's son sent to save the world. Let's be unified. Everybody breathing? Yeah. I'm going to move this chair because I may start running. Is that okay? Pastor Huey, I'm about to run. It's okay. okay. Right. Point number two. Your guy, my guy. Say it again. Your guy, my guy. I'm going to go in just a second. How many times have you turned on the television and you've seen protesters with that sign? He's your guy. Billy Graham said this. The moment we as Christian voters choose any Given political party or ideology, we lose our legitimacy to speak truth to power. I'm going to repeat that. 
The moment we, as Christians, choose any given political party or ideology, we lose our legitimacy to speak truth to power. Looking ahead, now is the time to rise up as a people of faith and as an independent voice that holds political leaders on both sides of the aisle accountable to policies that don't aim left or right, but towards righteousness and justice for all people. Oh, that's a word right there, Billy Graham. You know, Pastor, as I was pondering that quote, it had me thinking about the different political parties. And friends, even the folks inside their own party don't like each other. Come on. Inside the party, we have various movements. In the Democratic Party, there are liberals, progressives, Democratic socialists, and moderates. In the Republican Party, we have conservatives, moderates, alternative right, log cabin moderates, the Tea Party. The libertarians usually fit within the Republican spectrum. That's a mouthful. Joseph was everything that the Egyptians despised, yet Pharaoh, the Egyptian king, gave him a new name. He set him over all the land and gave him his signet ring, remember? Clothed him in garments of fine linen and placed a gold chain around his neck. He made him ride second command, but just behind him in the chariot. This signified that Joseph was second in command. He's saying, you stand beside me. You Jew, stand beside me because we're linking arms. That's what he said, which goes against everything everything the Egyptians stood for. We don't know why God might position a person, even an unqualified, despised foreigner in a particular place, but it's not our business. Unqualified, despised foreigner, if you will. We have to be careful that we do not become God's mouthpiece when he is not speaking. It's easy to say your kind don't belong up in here. Come on. You don't understand us. You aren't like us. You can't possibly represent us because you don't get us. Mm. When all really God is saying is sit down and pray. That's all I've asked you to do. Close this and pray. That's your assignment. I didn't ask you to speak that. I didn't tell you to post that. I told you to pray. That's what he said. Yes. That's all I've asked you to do concerning this person. Mm. 1 Timothy 2 says this. I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. Ask God to help them. Intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. Watch this. Mm. Pray this way for kings and all who are in authority so that they can live peaceful. So that they can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. This is good and pleases God our Savior who wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. Wait a minute. First Timothy just said pray like this. 
Father God, we lift up President Trump to you. Sir, we ask you to help him. We ask you to give him favor and wisdom. And God, we ask that you would give him supernatural insight because God, you've trusted him with us. God, help him to lead this nation. Give him your strategies. And I ask you this morning, don't raise your hand. Have you obeyed 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 4? Have you obeyed 1 Timothy 2? It's your job. It's not your guy, my guy. It's our leader. It's not your president, my president. It's our president, period. Because it's over now. Romans 13 says, let every person be subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God. And those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities, resist what God has appointed. And those who resist will incur judgment. It's his word. I'm not making this up. So whoever resists authorities, pastor, resist what God has appointed. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that if you're resisting the person that God has allowed in this position, then you're in spiritual rebellion. Yes. 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 I'm going to leave that Remember, right Remember, it's not your guy, my guy. Yes. It's what God has done, what God has allowed. Yes. And if we believe that all authority comes from God, then we have to believe that God knew who the president was going to be. God knew who the president was going to be eight years ago, 12 years ago. He knew who the president was going to be. So we got to make sure that we do not allow this this attitude that that creates separation where is your guy, my guy. He's not my guy. He's your guy. He's our guy. He's our guy. guy. One more point here. There is division and tension based on who you think I voted for. You don't know who I voted for. Just because I'm a woman doesn't mean, you don't know. Just because I'm Caucasian doesn't mean, just because he's not doesn't mean eight years ago. He, are you following me? No. As a matter of fact, not to interject and, and interfere in your, 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 your preaching time. This is her time. It's good. You're the boss. But it's very important that I make this point. Because I want you to understand how far I... I take this and what I, how serious I think we need to, how serious I think we need to be about this. My wife did not even know how I vote. Mm. She has no idea. Why? Because it's my personal conviction. Amen. It's between me and God. That's why I'm not going to post on Facebook. I go on Twitter. to espouse a political viewpoint as Billy Graham said we should stand for one thing and one thing only and that's righteousness Amen. Amen. and whether or not you agree with what you see your position is to pray pray that is your righteous position that you can take Thank and you. you're welcome. You know, the truth is we're beyond who you voted for. That's right. I don't care. You don't, shouldn't care. And we just have to move on from where we are because that's our assignment. Yes. The only thing that matters now is who God positioned as our leader. Yes. 
And are you doing what you're supposed to be doing to bring about peace and healing? Yes, yes, that's it. That's it. I don't believe that we are. Mm. I'm going to take it a little further. Can Come I go on. in? Go I don't, I don't believe on. that this church is. Come on. Come on. I don't believe this church is. I thought we were until I got, I got this. This is a quote from a member in this church. During the leading up to the election, and especially since the election, I have found my feelings changing towards people in this church that I genuinely love because of their opinions voiced and posts shared on Facebook. I unfollowed several people because I refused to allow the enemy to have victory and to bring division in my heart. I don't want to feel differently about them. So I had to make a conscious decision to remove those things from my life. She wants to love them, but when she reads what she reads, it's not love in this house. She said, I had to remove them from my sight. We can, dis- we can disagree and have different opinions without it cultivating division and strife. But if left ignore, it will create hatred. That's a strong word. This is in this house. So when you and I post on Facebook, what we post, it matters. It's an opportunity for us to bring light into this dark, desperate, and devastating world. No one gets a pass to gossip, to rant, or post a reckless message. You don't have the right. You don't. If you say you're a disciple of Jesus Christ, you do not have the right. You better stop. I'm just saying. So shouldn't we be showing them a group of people who are unfazed and totally committed to whatever God says, regardless of what our view is? Shouldn't we be showing that? Shouldn't we? But what we're showing is a reckless people that because we didn't get our way, that we think God, sovereign God, is not enough to take care of us. He let the man in. He said, that's my guy. He said, that's my guy. And I'm going to use him. We don't have to understand it. We just have to obey it. Amen. Point number three. Are we still good? Okay. Point number three. Not the elephant's agenda, not the donkey's agenda, but the lamb's agenda. That ought to be our business. (laughs) Our marching orders. Not the elephant's agenda, not the donkey's agenda, but the lamb's agenda. Friends, our marching orders are the same regardless who is in office. We should still be about the same thing we've always been about. Amen? That's the lamb's business. We can't allow politics to dominate our agenda. We in the church have a mission far greater than politics. We are building a kingdom that can never perish, making investments in the souls of people that will last longer than the political kingdom. 
When we show more concern over politics than we do evangelism, we may be a citizen of the wrong kingdom. When we show more concern over politics than we do evangelism, well, we may be a citizen of the wrong kingdom. Joseph's favorite coat, his favored coat. You remember it went all the way to the floor and the sleeves were long? Royalty. His brothers had a short coat with no sleeves. His favored coat. It was ripped off his shoulders, yet he knew which kingdom he was a part of. His circumstance may have looked like he was not favored. You know, he was in prison. He was a slave. Oh, he was lied on by Potiphar's wife and thrown into prison again. And honestly, he should have been killed because of the accusation. Oh, but the favor of God. He should have been killed. Oh, but the favor of God. There's nothing like the favor of God, I'm telling you. But you see, he was about the lamb's agenda. He didn't allow the shackles around his ankles, the shackles around his neck to cause him to bad mouth, to get on Twitter, to get... He didn't do it. Right here. I see you, God. I feel you, God. That's That's what he said. If you go back to Genesis chapter 39, you'll find when he was in prison, eight times it was either said or alluded to that God was with him. He was with him. Sometimes I feel like we just need a reminder from from God Almighty. I see you. I see you. I hear you. Oh, I'm with you, Ruth. Don't forget to breathe. I'm right here. Yet in the church, we're allowing ourselves to be divided by something as temporary as politics. Disunity happens in the church, not because we care about politics too much. You need to hear this. But we care about Jesus and his church too little. We have something far greater to unify us than that which we are allowing to divide us. That unifier is Jesus and his mission. Our job is to preach his gospel and to extend his kingdom irrespective of the political climate of this nation. This nation is not our home, friends. It never has been and it never will. Before and after America, there was and will be the church. The nation is an experiment, but the church it is a certainty. Amen. Amen. That girl can preach pretty good, huh? Let me give you the last point and we're going to close out. Point number four. Embrace your kingdom. Embrace your kingdom. Second Corinthians 5.20, Paul writes, Now then, we're ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. See, that is what God wants to, wants to plead through us to those who don't know him. Be reconciled to God. But when they see fussing and fighting, they don't get that message. Listen, an ambassador is an official accredited diplomatic agent of the highest rank of the highest rank that is sent by a government or a kingdom to represent that government in a foreign land. 
you are an ambassador of Christ, which means you are an official, accredited, diplomatic agent of the highest rank that's been sent or put here by God to represent his kingdom in this world. We're Christ's ambassadors sent with a message of reconciliation. But that message of reconciliation becomes a message of separation when it, when, it, when it becomes tainted with politics. How are you fulfilling your commissioning as Christ's ambassador? You're in this world to represent God's kingdom. But if you're too attached to a political party or a personal conviction, your representation as an ambassador of Christ will become weakened. Let me quote again what Billy Graham said. The moment we as Christian voters choose any given political party or ideology, we lose our legitimacy to speak truth to power. Looking ahead, now is the time to rise up as a people of faith and as an independent voice that holds political leaders on both sides of the aisle accountable to policies that don't aim left or right but towards righteousness and justice for all. Do not be so enamored with a political group that you embrace its ideologies above God's word. Anyone who holds to and defends any and everything espoused by a political party or person in some form or another has rejected God's word. Embrace your kingdom. Somebody said, said it again, so I need to say it again. Anyone who holds to and defends any and everything that is espoused by a political party or person in some form or another has rejected God's word because no political party has it all. Embrace your kingdom. You're not of this world, but you're of the kingdom of God. So stop acting like the world. People of the world cannot help themselves, but you can. There's no excuse for Christians who allow their political views to cause division, separation, and disunity among brethren. Jesus prayed against that in the church. Why? Because he said the world would believe that God sent me when they see you unified. He also said in John 18, 36, my kingdom is not of this world. The kingdom that you are an ambassador of is not of this world. Jesus taught that the kingdom of God is the kingdom of unity, righteousness, justice, and love. And Paul picked up on that in Romans 14, 17, when Paul said, For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. So embrace your kingdom. Watch the words that come out of your mouth as well as your post on social media. Listen to Matthew 12, 36. Jesus said this. 
But I say to you that for every idle word, how many? That for every idle word, men may speak. And you can speak through your post on Facebook or Twitter. That men may speak, they're going to give account of in the day of judgment. What are your words or what are your posts producing? Are they releasing life, peace, and love to others? Or are they generating division and strife? Pharaoh said this about Joseph before he gave him the name Zaphonat Paneah. He said in Genesis 41, 38, can we find such a one as this? A man in whom is the spirit of God. That is what set him apart. He had in him and he relied on the Holy Spirit of God, not what was happening in the political arena of Egypt. God's spirit was his anchor. God's spirit was his strength. God's spirit gave him hope for the future, not politics. Politics are the nation of Egypt, no matter how strong that nation was. Embrace your kingdom. Amen. Amen. So as we close, as we close, allow me to leave you with just a few final thoughts. Don't assume the worst of those whose political views are different from yours. Repent of making politics or political affiliation an idol. And then number three, repent if you've allowed politics to become your agenda rather than making God's business your agenda. Amen? So we just stand this morning, and we're going to get in our prayer circles and pray. If you're visiting with us today, what we do is we get in circles of two or three people and we pray. But I want to give you some prayer points to pray for. So just just look, look behind me. And these are the things we're going to pray for today. Number one, pray for God to make us one. Because a church that is divided can never heal a broken nation. Number two, pray against anxiousness and fear that are brought on by politics. When we're anxious or fearful, we tend to rely on emotional reactions instead of reason responses. Number three, pray that we stop harming each other with words and social media posts because of our political views. And number four, pray that we will be led by the Holy Spirit that we may embrace the kingdom of God. Amen. Thanks again for joining us and tuning in to the Restoration Foursquare Church audio podcast. If you would like to learn more about our church, please visit our website at www.r4sq.org. We pray you have a great week and God bless.